Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the College Age Movement Podcast. We are starting a new series this week entitled Legion, and it's based on a story found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8. The tagline of this series, uh, so to speak, is finding victory over the enemies of our lives. And there are so many different enemies in our lives, and uh, surprisingly, they aren't people. Hopefully, they're not people. Hopefully, you do not have any uh, mortal enemies or frenemies, Um, but uh, we're talking about things that aren't actual physical relationships. These are things that have different names in each one of our lives, but what is the same is that they affect us in specific ways. But something that over the next three weeks I really want to communicate and I want to understand myself and I hope that you can understand too is that we serve a God whose name is above any name. So no matter what these things look like in our own individual lives, no matter what scale they affect us, we serve a God who is willing to step in and be a part of our victories. So we can experience victories over anything and everything in his name. Over the next three weeks, we're going to look at three different quote-unquote enemies, and tonight we're going to talk about the enemy of anxiety. And I think we all have a different feeling when we hear the word anxiety. Some of us brush it off, some of us experience uh, minor anxieties through our lives, and some of us wrestle with extreme, life-changing, crippling anxiety every single day. And it can either be a speed bump or it can be a mountain that we're trying to to move. But thankfully, we have a God that doesn't really care about whether or not it's a speed bump or a mountain. He wants to engage with it either way. He wants to be a part of the solution. He wants to be invited right into the middle of each and every single one of our situations, and he wants to help us deal with it. So first, I want to take a look at one passage from which we are pulling the series, and that is Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 19. So a little bit longer passage, and I'm just going to read it. It says, they went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside, and the demons begged Jesus, Send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. 
Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So, while most of us can't identify uh, with running around a cemetery, breaking chains, and cutting ourselves with stones, hopefully, hopefully we can't identify with that. Hopefully you haven't been there. While we can't identify with that, I think that we can identify with this. Without Jesus' presence, the enemies of our lives will drive us to unintended circumstances. Without Jesus' presence, the enemies of our lives will drive us to unintended circumstances. And what I want to do this week is look at several different passages that talk about anxiety and how we can achieve victory over anxiety in the seemingly small moments that we experience worry and in the big life-changing moments as well. So first, let's get a good old-fashioned dictionary definition of anxiety. It's defined as a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. A feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. On one, on one level or another, we can feel that. For some of us, it is a specific moment, and for others, it's our entire lives. It feels like that would define every single day. But what it does is it, it helps us to, to kind of get a metric on it, to get a definition of it, and we say, okay, now now I want to take it, and I want to engage with it. So as we, we have that definition of anxiety, what assurances do we have from God throughout Scripture about anxiety? Psalm chapter 94, verses 16 through 19 says this, Who will rise up for me against the wicked? Who will take a stand for me against evildoers? Unless the Lord had given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. When I said, my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Psalm 94, 16 through 19. So the first point this week is God is a comforter. I think for many of us, we view God as being perpetually disappointed when we are not full of faith or fully put together, when we don't have everything just the way that we think God wants us to have it. We think that he is just this disappointed God sitting in the sky, shaking his head, being like, why are you guys such idiots? I know for me, at least as a man, I see God as this strong figure. And because he is strong, I must be strong. And I think what we find in scripture, even in the Old Testament, is a God who is willing to step in and comfort us in our time of need. Even in the Old Testament, as the psalmist is, is talking about, Lord, your consolation, it, it brought me joy. When anxiety was great within me, like you came in, your unfailing Lord's love, Lord, supported me. Like We see a God, even in the Old Testament, who, who sometimes is viewed as this like really angry God who, who's coordinating wars and punishments and all those different things. We see a God who's willing to step right in the middle of our mess and comfort us in our time of need. You see, God is not just some celestial being that we approach before the big interview or before we ask that girl out on a date or or after a big mistake made or after a terrible diagnosis. He is the Father who embraces us in the middle of our mess, in the middle of our situations, even in the middle of our victories. He's not a God who just wants to talk to us before and after circumstances, but a God who is invited in and engages with us right in the middle of every single life circumstance. 
And that is an absolutely incredible thing. The God who hung the stars in the sky is the same God who is willing to engage with us in the middle of our seemingly unimportant lives in the grand scheme of things, but he doesn't see it that way. He sees us all as so vitally important. Psalm 91 verse 4 says, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Our anxieties, our worries, our unease, they don't frustrate God. They drive him to compassion. They drive him to wrap his arms around us and say, I've got you. I'm with you. We're going to get through this. In fact, God's response is for us to hand it all over to him. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And it brings us to our second point is that God is a bearer. God is a bearer. For some reason, we regularly forget that Jesus bore the sins of the world to the cross. He carried the sins of the world to the cross. I say that because we regularly assume that he doesn't want or or couldn't carry our worry or anxiety. That my worry, my anxiety throughout my daily life is too heavy for God to carry or it's, it's too much for him to care about. That he's got bigger things to care about. But that's not what God is all about. He, he says, cast your anxieties on me. The, 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 the apostle Peter says, no, like, I want you to take everything off and I want you to throw it at Jesus because he cares for you. He wants to carry your anxieties. He wants to carry your burdens. He wants to carry your worries. But we don't. And so we hold on. We carry it alone. We, we bear the weight and the weight takes us to the ground. And then inevitably, we, we feel pinned to the floor. Now, I just want to tell you today, I don't know where you're at. You might be struggling with, with diagnosed anxiety that is extreme and that you have to be on medications and counseling and all kinds of stuff for. Or you might be somebody who's like, no, I don't really struggle with anxieties. But man, today's a super stressful day and I, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Cast your anxieties on him. He wants them all. He wants to carry the weight. He wants to bear the weight so that we can walk in freedom. Another truth when it comes to the bearing of weight is that we as followers of Jesus are called to be bearers for one another. We are called to be bearers for one another. Galatians 6 chapter 2 says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I think one of the biggest lies that we can accept is that we are alone. And nothing creates anxiety quite like the feeling that nobody cares, that nobody would understand, that nobody would be there with us if we had the courage to talk about our anxiety, if we had the courage to be vulnerable, nobody would care. Nobody would understand. And nobody would show up. But as followers of Jesus, the call is very clear is that we are to show up that we are to be present. We get the opportunity to, to shoulder the load with people in our lives. Opportunity after opportunity to shoulder the load with the people in our lives. The verse says that we fulfill the law of Christ by carrying each other's burdens. The law of Christ. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Show up. Be present. Be available. You know, we can't do this alone. 
And we can't let others be alone either, that we are called to be bearers of each other's burdens. The same story in the book of Luke describes the man's situation like this. It says, For Jesus had commanded that impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains. This is the important part. And had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Had been driven by the demon into solitary places. The enemies of anxiety, of worry, and fear drive us in to solitary places. But Jesus tells us over and over and over again, and this is our final point, is that freedom is not found in the dark. Freedom is not found in the dark. Anxiety is something that has, has come to the forefront of my life in the last six months. Um, I had a long day at, where I had some hard conversations with, with a close friend and um, it had been something that had been causing stress in, in, in my wife and I's life. And I, I went home and I was having a conversation with my wife and we were sitting in the nursery of our daughter Ever's room at the time. She was about six months. So we were just watching her crawl around, and play with her toys. And we were having a, a really good conversation, but I could tell that something was off in my wife. And in a moment of, of pure courage and pure vulnerability, uh, my wife made a big, big confession that she had been struggling with uh, severe depression and anxiety for a significant period of time and, and couldn't hide it anymore. And it was this moment where, where I can't really describe it as anything but holy, that God stepped into the midst of it. And I don't remember what I said. Um, I just remember hugging her and holding her and letting her cry and then engaging and having a really good conversation about next steps and about what it what it felt like and what it had been doing and how it has affected so many areas of her life. And I think what, what the, the most important thing that I recognize is that I couldn't fully understand it. I don't struggle with, with anxiety like that. I couldn't understand it, but I could show up and I could be present for my wife. I could be somebody that she could cry on. I could be somebody that she, she used as a sounding board. I could be somebody who was there to support her and push her to get any kind of help that she needed. And she did. And she, she got the help that she needed. She had conversations that she needed to have conversations. She then was willing to be open and honest with other people about this, this anxiety that had been almost crippling for a significant period of time. And I've seen God do incredible things through her vulnerability and her willingness to share her burdens with me and with other people. And what is it has allowed in Larissa's life is that it has given her strength by being willing to let other people carry her burden. She now in turn has extra strength to help people carry theirs. See, freedom is not found in the dark. And it can be something like this that is just, just destroying us from the inside out that nobody else can really see. Or it can be just outright sin in our lives. That It can be addictions. It can be broken relationships. It can be all of those kinds of things. And freedom is not going to be found left in the dark. Freedom will only be found if it is brought into the light. And just like Larissa has experienced freedom and just like she has experienced strength from being willing and courageous enough to have that conversation, you and I get the opportunity to do that every single day as well. So just know this. You're not alone. You're absolutely not alone. And it can be outright anxiety and stress. It can be something else. But you are not alone. We are here for you. I am here for you. Your friends are there for you. Your family. No matter what, you can find people to have honest and vulnerable conversations with. And you will find freedom if you're willing to bring it into the light. So as we wrap up this week, I want to make something really clear. And I don't really have 
a segue for this. And so if you're a communication major or speaker, sorry about no transition here, but I've had multiple conversations with people who've been told that if you struggle with anxiety, you don't have enough faith. It's like telling someone who's sick they aren't getting better because they don't have enough faith. And both of those statements are garbage, just absolute trash. And I believe that God can do miraculous things with severe anxiety. Absolutely, I do. Unquestionably, I do. I think that if we have great faith, God can do just about anything. But just because we have great faith doesn't mean that he's going to do everything that we ask or do it in the time that we ask for it. But this is what I think is really important to point out when it comes to anxiety, when it comes to worry, when it comes to uneasiness. Scripture makes it very clear that it isn't about not having worry. It isn't about not having anxiety about situations. About not, it's about not letting it define you, and it's about not letting it control you. Because we do not serve our anxiety. We do not serve our stress. We serve our God. So what I want to do this week is I just want to have you wherever you're at. If you're able, if you're driving, don't bow your head. <laughs> but if, you, if you're in a place where you can just bow your head and close your eyes, I just want to read some scripture over you, and we'll close with this. Isaiah chapter 41, 10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Romans 8, 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots to the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. It le- its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all of our human understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Hey, thank you so much for joining the College Age Movement podcast this week. We love you guys, and if you can uh, join us on Tuesday nights here in Billings, we would love to have you 7 o'clock. If not, we'll be back next week with part two of Legion.